0: welcome welcome back to the hoogie hangover podcast my name is andrew alex i am joined today by the usual suspects first in the 757 the one the only ricky the blue ricky what's going on man
1: doing all right doing all right as i was telling y'all before we started recording i had an outdoor workout planned this evening and we got through about half of it and then the skies opened up and uh, it got pretty ugly out here for about an hour or so
0: Hey, man, in the words of the great Crash Davis from the movie Bull Durham, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and sometimes it rains. Mike McDaniel, how are you doing? But I don't even know how to introduce you after that quote.
2: I wasn't expecting Bull Durham to be quoted in the first man of the podcast. I'm good. I'm eating an airhead.
0: Well, that's the, uh, <laughs> that's the secondary saying here, the secondary mantra of Hoagie Hangover. Expect the unexpected. But there is one thing that you can expect. And it's that after I do this ad read, we will talk about Virginia Tech's matchup with Middle Tennessee State University on Saturday. But first, again, expect the expected too. This podcast is brought to you by Main Street Pharmacy, Main Street Pharmacy in downtown Blacksburg. The pharmacy that you want to go to if you want a healthcare provider that truly cares about you, be a neighbor, not a number, and look no further. main street pharmacy dr jeremy counts and his wonderful staff will take care of everything you need all right gentlemen well i think we established in the pre-show that this might not be our most in-depth podcast because the blue raiders of middle tennessee state university known to some as america's team don't bring a lot (laughs) to the table
1: How long did you sit on that one? Yeah, I was going to say, how long have you been doing that? the last five hours. The
0: last five hours. News to me.
2: Yeah.
0: But I I think this game is going to serve more as a learning experience for Virginia Tech than anything else. I think they're going to come in with their own individual goals. So I think before we get into the Blue Raiders... Give me two individual goals that if you're Justin Fuente and that staff, you are setting for your team. What needs to be accomplished on Saturday afternoon in Lane Stadium?
1: Well, offensively, you've got to be able to produce for four quarters. Um, Middle Tennessee is not a very good program, to put it mildly. Um, Virginia Tech should not have an issue moving the football in this game. If they do, then we've got some serious issues because that'll be two weeks in a row, one of which against a far inferior opponent, at least on paper, in which Virginia Tech's offenses failed to sustain any sort of offensive consistency. Um, so that's got to be number one for me. Number two, I think it's got to be to continue to show that you can dominate the line of scrimmage. Uh, a lot of... And, we talked about this on the last podcast, but a lot of that came from that mindset that we talked about, right, where Tech was playing pissed off. And I feel like for a game like this, it's really easy to not play pissed off because you're not playing a conference rival. You're not playing a school that's getting all the attention on ESPN and CBS and um, all of the the athletic and all these other outlets. Um, you're You're playing Middle Tennessee State. You're playing a team that opened up against Monmouth last week. You're playing a a, a program that's um, historically actually not been bad. H- historically, they've been kind of a, a respectable program, but this is not a football program that should be on should be anywhere close to what Virginia Tech is at. And um, I think maintaining that mindset in games like this is really important, and I think will tell us. If this Virginia Tech football team is for real.
2: Yeah, I mean, they, they should try to get Knox in and play the majority of the second half. Um, if they do that, then I'll be pretty happy with the performance. Um, they need to be dominant on the line of scrimmage, like Ricky said, both offensively and defensively. I I don't want the Virginia Tech defensive starters to allow more than 10 points in this game. If they do, I'm going to be pretty disappointed and 10's on the high end of that spectrum. They're playing against a quarterback and Bailey Hawkman, who transferred over from NC State. You guys will remember when NC State played Virginia Tech last year, Bailey Hawkman went 7 of 16 for 82 yards and two interceptions. He was sacked three times. He was
0: horrible. Yeah, I recall that was a um, uh, revelation at the time.
2: Yeah, I mean, Tech 8 is launched with a better offensive line, better playmakers. So if he has more success in this game than he did last year, with NC State, that's going to be a problem, in my opinion. Um, I, I'm of the opinion, and you know, we'll get into the point spread and stuff later in our picks. I mean, I, Virginia Tech's a, not quite a three-touchdown favorite. I feel like the offense could show up, not play particularly well, and Tech could still cover this spread. I just, I, I look at, I look at Middle Tennessee State's roster, especially on offense, and they're starting three true freshmen on the offensive line. Yeah. And when I consider how Virginia Tech's defensive line played last week against North Carolina, if, if they play to that same level, this is going to be a really, really difficult game for Middle Tennessee State. And I just don't even think the offense needs to play particularly well to cover this spread. I, I would love to see them play well, and I, I think they'll be fine. But I just, even if Tech had an off game on offense, I, I think that you know, if you're a betting, man, you take Virginia Tech in this game, despite, you know, Tech's tendency to have let down games after big wins. Um, this is just not one of those games on paper where middle Tennessee State matches up really well at all anywhere. So, I mean, go out, make it quick, um, you know, do some things offensively, try to open up the passing game a bit more. Burmeister, like we mentioned on the last podcast, was was pretty good against North Carolina, but you know he didn't have to to test North Carolina a lot deep down the field in the pass game. He, he did make some throws deep down the field, but it's mostly like short, intermediate pass game. You know, this might be a good game to try to you know have him take some more chances down the field and try to open that up a bit more. So you know, get get yourself in a position where you can try some things offensively and. Get some guys, some playing time on both sides of the ball. Didn't necessarily play last week.
0: Yeah, Mike, I'll pretty much echo everything you just said there. I mean, I think priority number one has to be exercise the demon. This pattern that we've seen, you go back to Ohio State and Virginia Tech in 2014. What a win. They come back and lose. At home, the next week, what I believe was Mike's senior year, actually, to East Carolina. Fast forward to 2018. Now we know Virginia Tech was very good in 2018, but they had the emotional win versus Florida State, and a couple weeks later they go to Ricky's side of the state, Norfolk, Virginia, and lose to ODU. For the still Virginia I Tech haven't
1: lived that down amongst all my ODU friends.
0: As we shouldn't, I mean, <laughs> in all seriousness, come on. But For Virginia Tech fans that have anxiety, let me be the first to tell you, I don't blame you because you're the guy that's touched the stove too many times already in getting excited about teams that have just let you down. That being said, it's not that hard to beat sub-Power 5 opponents. And you you look back at the ODU team and the ECU team, those weren't even world beaters at their own level virginia tech beat themselves in both of those contests i believe they lost to ecu the next year after mike's senior year but nonetheless just don't beat yourself and let's not even have a Furman 2019 occasion where we're hanging in there for too long because if you're justin fuente if you're a player on this team and you want to shut up the haters just put them away We have seen good Virginia Tech teams in the past, see 2016, even 2017, put teams away in a hurry. Seeing a lot of Knox Kadem would be a revelation. And quite frankly, from Braxton Burmeister, who showed flashes in the first half, I'd like to see him, I mean, we, we know North Carolina, Tony Grimes, Storm Duck, McMichael, among others. These were highly talented defensive back. We said in our own game preview, this was not an ideal situation. He did fine, at least for a while. Show us what you can do against competition where you are supposedly the significant higher level of talent. The wide receivers that you are throwing to should have a step or two every time. Show us what that offense looks like.
2: I have a question for you guys. Does this team feel different than like the Furman one?
0: I mean the Furman like, team wasn't that good. The Furman team had lost to Boston College in the first week. The Red Raiders right. were everywhere.
2: Like, does this like that game and and maybe like the the Old Dominion game? I I don't know. This this feels more to me like uh, and and that this is kind of going back to again my my senior year fall of 2014, going into 2015. That Tech team lost to East Carolina in week two after beating Ohio State on the road, but. I look at that team and and the veterans that they had on that roster. And this team feels this team this year with kind of how they play in the opener feels more similar to that one than the one that kind of piddled around with Furman lost to ODU on the road. And again, I'm it's not like I'm drawing parallels between, you know, you know, tech lost to East Carolina right in week two, in week two of 2014 so yeah, I'm not I'm trying right, to, uh, <laughs> draw, well I'm not trying to draw conclusions from like a win loss standpoint but it feels like a it feels like a different group from the more recent tech teams anyway that we've seen let down from the standpoint of veteran leadership on both sides of the ball and just like in an aggression that we saw in the opener and, and how they played we haven't really seen tech play with a killer instinct recently and we mentioned that on the on the recap pod for North Carolina, this just kind of feels, feels a little bit different, like a team that won't. And I guess we'll be proven right or wrong one way or the other on Saturday. It just doesn't feel like a team that's going to like let down as easily as we've seen the last couple of years. I don't know.
1: That's, that's kind of how I felt after the Florida state game, because I felt like tech did play with that killer and stick at least on defense. Yeah. And um, we did not see that instinct for the rest of the season in 2018. Um, In fact, there were various games throughout the year where tech's defense just flat out looked like they didn't, they didn't want to be there. Um, So I'm, you know, I'm confident that tech will win this game and, and, and we'll, you know, obviously do our official picks later, but, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm not concerned that tech is going to have a letdown game for this. Cause I am um, mostly because again, and, and we said this before the Carolina game, I ended up being proven wrong, but you know, until I see it, I, it's hard for me to believe in it when it comes to Virginia tech football. And I have not seen this, this coaching staff be able to get their players to follow up a big win with a resounding win over an inferior opponent. Um, we've been bitten by this bug too many times, and um, you know, Furman, Liberty, ODU, East Carolina, all of these pro- all of those teams were teams that Virginia Tech should have walked on, and they didn't. And middle Tennessee State is a team that Virginia Tech should walk on theoretically. And that's what they need to do in this game. Uh, they need to dominate both sides of the football. And I'm not saying they need to play perfect, but they need to walk win this game going away. And like you said, Mike, we need if if we don't get to see a, a significant playing time for Knox Cadeem, then I'm not sure that this would have been a success.
2: Yeah, Middle Tennessee I think might be outside of um, outside of Furman. Middle Tennessee State might be might be the worst team that Techs faced out of the out of the ones that you mentioned. Um, but, I, this, probably, but this is probably, probably
1: me, this, this is probably Middle Tennessee State's Super Bowl, right? Like I, I haven't yeah. looked at their schedule so. yeah. in, in depth, but I just glancing at it earlier, I don't think that they've got a ton of notable programs on their schedule. I mean Liberty, Marshall. Um, Southern Miss, ODU, Florida Atlantic. You know, And
0: I mean, they play in the conference they're playing. <laughs> yeah, but but it, in terms of
1: their non-conference games, you know, this is the premier team on the schedule, and this is the premier team on the schedule for them for the entire year. So, if there's going to be a game that Middle Tennessee State's going to get up for, it's this one.
0: I mean, we'll get and, the-
1: and and you have to be able to handle that as the favorite. You've got to be able to handle that and make it not matter
0: look 2019 the team wasn't in the right spot and this was a team that had hiccups and those hiccups were ultimately kind of realized in that duke game the Furman game was a prelude to what would eventually happen and the changes that needed to be made the offense simply wasn't running at all cylinders at that time you go back to 2018 yes we beat florida state Special teams plays were made. The defense played fantastic. Ultimately, they ended up being a very, very, very bad defense at the end of the year. It was a defense with potential. It was a defense with players who ultimately, in the second half of 2019, would help Virginia Tech rebound and at that that time, at least, maybe save Justin Fuente's reputation, if not save his job. But I think North Carolina's more of a proven commodity you beat a team that i have a hard time believing north carolina is gonna have a bad season i don't know if you guys disagree with that virginia tech might have played their best possible game defensively and they might have had to do or they might have done exactly what they had to do offensively within the parameters of the game the defense played to win but i have more confidence in this defense and this team in general than I did in, I mean, even going back to 2014, I mean, Isaiah Ford, Cam Phillips, a very young Bucky Hodges, these were players that would ultimately accomplish something, playing at a very high level in their first game, when no one really expected anything out of them. But ultimately, they weren't ready yet. I think that there's a lot of veteran leadership on this team, guys that have played before. Ultimately, it's Virginia Tech versus Virginia Tech here, and we'll get into the the details of it. But you guys ever seen those videos of at a basketball camp when a, you know, a mediocre NBA player hosts a camp and they go one-on-one with a kid and the guy gets confident and some ninth grader gets a step on him and scores on them and the entire crowd goes crazy. That's like the way that Virginia Tech loses here. You get too confident in yourself and you don't believe that you have to go 100% stop your opponent, any opponent can beat you. If you're being lazy, any opponent can beat you. There's a simple solution. Treat it like any other game. Treat it like you'll treat West Virginia. I know it's hard. We're all human. The mental aspect says Middle Tennessee State is a, at this point, lower tier, group of five program. But just go out, hopefully for like a quarter and a half, and do what you need to do, and the rest will be history. And this will be, game will be a footnote on the schedule. And we we'll look back at it, you know, a year from now, three years from now, five years from now, 20 years from now. But we talk about these deficiencies for middle Tennessee State, but there is a familiar face. We mentioned Bailey Hockman, guy who was the starting quarterback for NC State week one of last year. Mike, I know you're not a big fan of Bailey Hockman. Tell me what he brings to the table stinks
2: i mean he's he's not That's very good powerful insight he's not very good i mean i i like order his strengths throwing it to the wrong team I, I, he's not very good i mean okay so he did he did go
1: three touchdowns no picks last week against monmouth good for him Wait, again again monmouth um right could never Yeah. It also seems like that middle Tennessee state leaned on him a lot for the running game against Monmouth. Um, Looking at the talent around him, it doesn't look like Bailey hawkman has got much to work with either. So you have a quarterback that is deficient in many ways and you have a, you don't have that one guy that scares you right at receiver or running back. And, a lot of it is going to be placed on Bailey Hawkman's shoulders, and given what we've seen in the past of him, you know the guy's got a career seventeen touchdown, fifteen interception ratio. Um, I'm not very confident in his ability to be able to to carry this this team.
2: He had a couple of nice games last year. I mean, now that I got my jokes off, um, <laughs> he had a couple of nice games last year when he came back in uh, for NC State in relief of Bailey Hawkman. Um, I'm sorry, Devin Leary. Um, Devin Leary got hurt for NC State. Bailey Hawkman started playing again towards the end of the year. Um, November 14th against Florida State. He was 24 of 34 for 265, three touchdowns, one interception. So it was a pretty solid performance. But again, Florida State's defense wasn't very good last year. So, um, that's one way to look at it. He played a Liberty defense that was kind of up and down last year. Liberty had a good team, but they're known more for their offense and their defense. NC State won that game 15 to 14. Last year, Hawkman was 14 of 27 for 154 in an interception. And November 28th on the road at the Carrier Dome, at 36-29 victory for NC State. Hawkman was 23 of 31 for 313, four touchdowns, one interception. So it's, it's really largely been week to week. Um, you know, Ricky mentioned 17 touchdowns, 15 picks. Like, he's... He's just kind of an average quarterback. It's a mixed bag week over week. Had a really good week last week against Monmouth, right, in the opener for Middle Tennessee State. But I don't anticipate him having a having a very good performance against Virginia Tech. Defensive played extremely well last week against North Carolina.
0: The offensive and defensive lines for Middle Tennessee State, not a strength. One of you elaborate.
1: Well, Mike mentioned that the offensive line for Middle Tennessee is – got three freshmen on it uh two of those freshmen are on the left side and um both tackles are freshmen which if, if I'm if I'm middle Tennessee that scares the absolute hell out of me because we saw what Omari Barno and Taiwan Garbutt did in this game against Carolina and there's no reason to believe that they won't be able to do the same thing in this game uh I I'm hoping that we'll see some deeper rotations at defensive end and we'll get some extended playing time out of Jalen Griffin and Eli Adams to see if they are capable of providing that that reliable depth behind Barno and Garbut. Um, But th- this offensive line is nowhere near as experienced as Carolina's offensive line was last week. And uh, given that they're playing from Middle Tennessee, it's hard to believe that they're any better than the North Carolina in any way, shape, or form. So we should see another dominant performance on this Virginia Tech defensive front.
2: Agree. This would be a nice game to get even like Matthias Carroll and Cole Nelson some playing time, freshmen. Um, you know, you don't need to necessarily burn their red shirt this year, but this could be one of the four games that you get them playing time in.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, you know what? We'll skip forward then. Are there any other guys that you would specifically like to see get playing time? Devin we Hunter. What, we know, yeah, we know what the goal is, right? It's get up at halftime. So, are, are there players that you'd like to see what they have to offer? For me, it's Deloine Lofton and Jalen Jones.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I, I think both Marcus of those receiver. are. Yeah, both of those are good options. I think Devin Hunter needs to show if he's capable of, of playing on the field. Uh, I mean, I, he got what two snaps against North Carolina. Um, overshadowed by nasir peoples for sure if if devin hunter is going to have this comeback tour that we all thought he might be capable of of putting on then it's got to start at some point there there is no better time to start it against a, a team like this with a quarterback who's struggled as much as he has throughout his career so you know hopefully devin hunter will get plenty of playing time in this game and not just on special teams and I think that would be good for his development for sure.
2: Yeah, I'd like to see Hunter play as well. Um, I don't think it's going to matter because I think the only way that he's going to play this year, based off of the performance I just saw against North Carolina, I think the only way he's going to play is if Peoples gets hurt. Um, I think if that was – and I think it's interesting because on the depth chart, you know, the only change this week was an or by you know, Nasir Peoples or Devin Hunter. And I just, I have a hard time believing they're, they're serious about playing him. I think if they were, we would have seen a more equal distribution of the snaps against North Carolina. I mean, there was no reason for Hunter to not be on the field unless they were just really concerned about his ability to cover, which... You know, if this if that's Peoples the gets,
1: case, then he can't play in this defense consistently.
2: Right. I mean, and and that, you know, this year people showed, showed he can do both. So if that's the case, I mean, Peoples is the starter. So we'll see. I mean, I, I'd love to. I mean, I think he's definitely, I mean, Hunter's definitely going to play on, on Saturday. I think if he doesn't, it's a colossal failure by this defense. But, and I agree with you, Ricky. It would be great to see him get some playing time. I'd like to see um another guy I'd like to see get some playing time is Breon Murray. At corner, Um, he's kind of like the forgotten cornerback because Chapman and Strong and Waller, you know, it seems like Waller's going to be on the field at all times, but but Chapman and Strong are kind of rotating on the other side. I would like to see Breon Murray get some playing time. I know he's sitting primarily behind Jermaine Waller, but, you know, every time Murray gets on the field, he's making plays. So I'd like to see him play a little bit in this game as well.
0: Is this a game where – you kind of try to hide everything from West Virginia, or do you want to show a little bit more in the offense? Is there something you want to do to, you know, in in a way, scare West Virginia?
2: I mean, West Virginia should be scared enough by the defensive performance Tech put on last week. I mean, I don't think Tech needs to do anything too crazy in this game, at least on the defensive side of the football. I mean, they are what they are. If they're good, they're good, you know. Um, Offensively, I mean – tech's offense is is very like set in stone so to speak like they're not running a bunch of like random trick plays I mean they're very uh, they're very I mean tech's version of a trick play is rolling out to the right and throwing back to the left and that's been a staple of (laughs) this offense for a while right like Cornelson, like they run what they run and I just don't think there's a lot that they can put on film that would be any different than what West Virginia would expect. It's just a matter of whether or not they can execute. And I mean, there's wrinkles every team throws in, you know, on a matchup to matchup basis, not saying that, but I don't think there's anything like crazy that they're going to be hiding in this particular game from West Virginia, schematically speaking. Anyway, it's been pretty much the same offense year over year.
1: Yeah. And the, the main thing with that is that you've got to show the ability to execute what teams are expecting you to try and run if Virginia Tech can show that they can execute some throws downfield and some play action concepts then all of a sudden that makes West Virginia start to think about that and maybe you start getting more looks with fewer guys in the box yeah and maybe the running game can take off a bit like it did not against North Carolina so for Braxton Burmeister this is a game where you need to Execute those those passing concepts. Show that you can move the ball down the field through the air, and if you can, then maybe you buy yourself a little bit of extra room next week when you've got to go on the road against a, a team that's far closer to you in terms of their ability. Um, the, the other thing too on offense is if you're going to get King, Keyshawn King one more opportunity, then this is the game to do it. Um, Keyshawn King, if you want to get into the rotation and you want to play consistently, then you need to ball out in a game like this, and you've got to show that, A, you can take care of the football, and, B, that your explosive athleticism is something that you just can't keep off the field.
2: Yeah, I was going to – real quick, one last thing. It It's not really a schematic thing. It's an execution thing, like Ricky was mentioning, even going back to, like, the second half of the North Carolina game. Plays were schemed up fine. Burmeister just missed some plays or there was a block missed in the running game. Like things were schemed up the same way they were in the first half. It was just a lack of consistent execution. So the biggest thing I'll be looking for is not whether or not they're hiding something from West Virginia, it's whether or not they're executing to the level they're capable of.
0: All right, gentlemen. Well, I have nothing more to add other than from a fan base perspective, don't do anything when you have all these people so high on you, to lose the confidence of the fan base. Just look like the team you did last week, blow them out. But let's get to our ACC picks here. Last week, here's what I have written down officially. I will go back and check the spreads to see if I'm wrong, but we were all six and five. There is a chance that I was wrong and Ricky is seven and four and me and Mike are five and six. That is the only potential caveat there, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. But let's get it started. 11 a.m. Eastern, Scott Stadium, Charlottesville, Virginia. The University of Illinois, defeaters of the Cornhuskers. They take on UVA. UVA, 10-point favorite, who you got?
1: It's hard to bet against UVA in this game. Um, Brandon Armstrong is healthy, and anytime he's healthy, tech, or excuse me, UVA has a chance to win. So 10 points is a bit much, but I'll take the Cavs to cover.
2: I'm taking Virginia to win and cover as well. Illinois looked good against a bad Nebraska team, and then they played UTSA last week and lost. Um, I don't think Illinois is very good. I think Nebraska is just worse. Um, And I think Virginia is just a more consistent football team. So I think they win and cover here at home.
0: I will go with UVA as well. All right, gentlemen, noon Eastern, a big one here in Neyland Stadium, Knoxville, Tennessee. The Tennessee Volunteers host Kenny Pickett and the Pittsburgh Panthers. Pitt, a three-point favorite in this one.
1: Uh, I don't know what Vegas knows, but I'm taking Pittsburgh to easily cover this.
2: Yeah, I'm on Pitt. I I watched Tennessee struggle to throw the ball against Bowling Green. They're going to have a really bad time throwing on Pitt.
1: And and you know what's interesting about that? Who's the starter in Tennessee? Joe Milton for some who's, reason. Who's just, not starting in Tennessee? Hendon Hooker. Hooker. And that makes you wonder if if Joe Milton is struggling that much to throw the football what they think of Hendon Hooker.
2: Well, I mean, hey, we saw Hooker struggle to get through his progressions last year if hype felt, you know, field. Wow. Felt the same way in camp, then I guess that's why he went with Milton. But, you know what? Hooker also wasn't Heupel's guy. Hooker was Pruitt's guy. And yes. then uh, Milton was Hypel's guy. Milton transferred in once Heipel was the head coach. So that could have every bit to do
0: with it. Could very well be right, Mike. I'm going to go with Pitt as well. Vegas knows on this one, but Hey, game of the week in the ACC takes place at the carrier dome, Syracuse Slayers of the Ohio Bobcats take on the Scarlet Knights of Rutgers. Rutgers a two and a half point favorite in this one. I'll go ahead. This is your Andrew Alex bet the farm game of the week. Take Rutgers.
2: Yeah, I'm on Rutgers too. I Syracuse ran the ball well last week against Ohio. I just don't see them running the ball that well against Rutgers. And I, Shiano, Shiano, he's got Rutgers playing at a, pretty decent level and they're recruiting well again. I just I have more trust in them week over week than I do over Syracuse.
1: I listened to y'all slander my boy Dino last week and I'm still not having it. Give me the orange.
0: All right, we have finally made a different pick from each other. Okay, gentlemen, Miami gets absolutely steamrolled last weekend by Alabama. Not the easiest test in the world lies ahead Appalachian state. Some say the best team in North Carolina comes to town. The Canes, a nine point favorite in that contest. What do you got?
1: You know, I really want to take app appy state here to cover, but as Mike and I were discussing off, off the air, chase Bryce is their quarterback. And I've seen enough chase Bryce that I don't really believe in him to, to engineer a, a competitive game here. That being said, Thomas Hennigan, Trey Turner's old pal from, from North Carolina is on this team. He's pretty productive. I'm going to go with Miami to cover that. This is probably a bounce back game for the Hurricanes. Uh, they, they didn't play that bad on offense against Bama. It's just that Alabama is so much better than 99.9% of the country. I'm
2: I'm on Miami, too, to bounce back.
0: Yeah, I'm with all of you. It's hard to judge. I I was high on Miami going into the season, and I wasn't necessarily impressed with the way they played against Alabama. Then again, it's Alabama. (laughs) You know, I think that if I'm wrong, if I was wrong about my opinion on them going into the season, we'll learn that this weekend and perhaps even next weekend against Michigan State. Another ACC-NCC matchup, though, this one in SEC country, Starkville, Mississippi, where the North Carolina State Wolfpack come in as two-and-a-half-point favorites. What do you got?
2: I got NC State. Um, Mississippi State had a lot of trouble against Louisiana Tech. They had to score a bunch of points in the fourth quarter to come back to win that game last week, and – I think NC State's the second best team in the Atlantic, and I just, I don't, I don't trust Mississippi State. Mike Leach's teams here, you know, since he came over from Washington State, his teams have a lot of variability, and I just, week to week, I just don't know if I can, if I can trust Mississippi State. It's good that they're at home, and I think this game will be close and competitive, but I think NC State's a better team. I think they have the better quarterback. I don't trust K.J. Costello for four quarters not to throw it to the other team. So I'm going to go with NC State.
0: I'm with you on that, Mike. You mentioned that variability. And I look at NC State, and I see stability at the skill position players on the offensive side of the ball with Devin Leary at quarterback. And for the most part on that defense, I trust it more. And this is a toss-up, but I'll take NC State. Give me
2: Mississippi State. Ooh, spicy. It's not that spicy. It's a two and a half point line. Yeah. It's, spicy.
1: I don't know. I just I I have a I just have a hunch on this game. I have no evidence to back it up. I just have a hunch.
2: That's all you need sometimes.
0: Write <laughs> as much as the people who do deep research. <laughs> all right. The University of North Carolina embarrassed in land stadium fans complaining about the noise now they get to go back home as 26 point favorites against georgia state what do you think
2: north carolina like 52 to 6 or something that the offense has a bounce back game it's any look north carolina looked bad i think it had every bit to do with how good virginia tech looked i north carolina is going to be fine um they'll find I, like I mentioned in, in the in the preseason, like and leading up to this game, I, I think North Carolina is going to be a lot better by like mid October than they are in early September. It's going to take them a while to break in some of the skill position guys, but uh, I think I think they'll be fine. They they got a favorable schedule. Um, they got a while to tune themselves up before they play a Miami and a Notre Dame and you know some of the tougher teams on their schedule. So I think Carolina will be fine. I think they bounce back here.
1: Yeah, I'm going to hammer the Tar Heels on this one.
0: All right, I will agree with that one as well. North Carolina, definitely a better team than they showed themselves to be uh, just one week ago. So North Carolina across the board there. All right, Boston College, plus 37. They travel not too far away to Amherst, Massachusetts, where they'll play UMass.
2: Give me the Eagles. BC. BC,
0: big. We're all on the same page here. We weren't last week, but I'm with BC too. All right, gentlemen, Georgia Tech coming off of an embarrassing loss to Northern Illinois. They're 16-point favorites against Kansas State. What do you think?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I have a hard time feeling that Georgia Tech's going to get embarrassed two weeks in a row. Um, I think that they can win this game by more than, than three scores, so I'll, I'll take the Yellow Jackets.
2: Jeff Collins was lining up as the scout team linebacker in practice because they needed some better looks in practice this week. He had a jersey on and everything. This is like the most gimmicky program of all time. Um, (laughs) They beat – they'll beat Kennesaw State. I think they'll bounce back. It'll be fine. I I don't think Georgia Tech will be very good, but they'll win this game.
0: Will they cover 16 and a half? I'm going to say
2: yes. I'm going to say yes, but I – wouldn't wouldn't bet my kids tuition on it
1: I, I i'm not gonna bet a dollar on it i don't know what the hell.
0: <laughs> you know what just to differentiate myself again with kennesaw state that was the least confidence inspiring sentence i've ever heard about an acc football program in history <laughs> and i grew up a duke fan in 2007 <laughs> god that that was the dark ages all right last <laughs> but not least gentlemen the game we came here to talk about virginia tech 20 point favorites against mill tennessee Mike, tell me what you think.
2: Uh, Virginia Tech, 45. Middle Tennessee State, 14. I think they win and, and cover relatively easily. I, I think it could take a little bit for the offense to get going, but I think they eventually will. I think the defense will be dominant.
1: Uh, I'm still not feeling all that great about this Virginia Tech offense, so I'm going to go 38, Virginia Tech, and then – um 10 middle tennessee which would give tech to cover. If tech doesn't cover the spread, it's it's just going to cause more problems and it's going to raise more questions that what we saw against carolina was a fluke. I really don't want to get back to that point. So please for the love of god cover the spread.
0: I agree with Ricky. My score is 35 to 14. I think Virginia Tech gets out to a lead. I think they bring in the backups. I think Middle Tennessee State's able to do a little bit of work. But ultimately, as 20-point favorites, 35-14, to they cover just barely by one point. All right, gentlemen, we are done for the day. Not the most exhilarating game preview in history. Any shout-outs, any last words?
1: Shout-out, champs, for putting up a poster of us um andrew good job getting that done shout out andrew we're now in main street pharmacy and champs uh so if you're in the blacksburg area and you're not seeing the hokey hangover um you need to get out more uh rate review subscribe um thought it was really cool that we saw that jersey i I don't know if we mentioned this on the North Carolina pop, but the jersey swap between Braxton Burmeister and I think we
2: did briefly, but yeah, and, super and, cool.
1: and the cadet was pretty badass. So pretty props cool. to him. Um, this is Mike and I were talking about this too off off the air. This is a pretty lackluster college football schedule. So if you've got any any chores that you have to do on a weekend Saturday this fall, this might be the time to I'd do be the it. One. Uh, Are you
0: not going to watch Rutgers Syracuse? No.
1: (laughs) and together, Ricky. Last thing. Last thing. This is on ACC Network Extra, which means we should see plenty of spurtle and tax shaver commercials.
2: Hell, yeah. Which means we get to tweet about it.
1: Yes. Can't wait.
2: Also, shout out to my bed. I cannot wait to go to sleep tonight.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Me too. Dude, we are washed if we're over here talking about how happy we are to go to bed.
0: We're washed. It's just the last weekend game day being on a friday tailgating (laughs) starting in the morning saturday sunday celebration weekend monday relaxation then you get so monday is the new sunday then you get tuesday and wednesday and now it's thursday and then people are coming into town on friday and the middle tennessee state on saturday ricky's beloved washington football team plays on sunday it's like it's never gonna end The Washington football team, the football uh, team of Washington.
1: I'm not, I'm not familiar with the team in question.
2: <laughs> the Clinton Portis behind you would like to
0: have a word. Oh, speaking Clinton, of Clinton, Clinton Portis, Portis behind bars. Yeah, yeah. he will be behind bars shortly. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but yeah. Mike McDaniel, SOS, on Twitter. Ricky LaBlue on Twitter. Andrew Alex Radio, A L I X, on Twitter. Hoagie Hangover on Twitter. Main Street Pharmacy is the sponsor rating, reviewing, and subscribing your task for tonight. Next week to recap it all is when we will see you until then. Go.